0: Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Welcome to Speaking Out for the Blind, I'm Brian McAllen. Did you know the blind and visually impaired can play tennis during the COVID-19 pandemic? The television station called KGNS in Laredo, Texas, reports that the Haines Recreation Center is offering tennis classes for the blind and visually impaired. We're joined by tennis coach Tina Trevino, along with student Christina Sanchez and her mom, Angie. They're all here to talk about how the blind and visually impaired can play tennis. Hi, everyone. Hi, Hi. good morning. Everybody tell us about yourselves. I'm the coach. I am
1: Tina Trevino. And I love to play, I love to play tennis in my heart and in my mind. I'm an older person and my physical body won't let me do what I like to do. However, I have had the opportunity to be able to introduce tennis to visually impaired and blind children and students. Actually, they're no longer children,
0: they're they're now adults. Okay. How about Christina and Angie?
2: Uh, I'm Christina's mom. Christina was not able to come with me because I'm in the office. Uh, I'm Christina's mom. My name is Angie Sanchez. Uh, I'm her. Uh, my daughter is totally blind. She is 18 years old. She just graduated from high school, and she's always loved the fact that she can be playing tennis. Uh, when uh, Ms. Trevino asked us to go and start playing, she just took off in the sense that she could run, that she never thought she could, and she started running. And she just has so much fun in the tennis, that when we go practice, to the meets, everywhere. She just loves it. And me as my mom, I just feel thrilled that she is finally doing something that she likes, she enjoys. And most of all, I see that self-confidence that this has built with her.
0: How did she even decide to become involved in tennis? What sparked her interest?
2: I asked her if she wanted to go try it simply because she has no vision. She had no idea what was going to go, go on or happen or anything. So we took I took her into the first class and we started playing with her in the sense of the tennis racket. We showed her what the tennis racket was. Uh, the ball that tennis for the blind uses has a bell in it. So she was very keen to the sound of the ball. So she started trying to look for the ball, feel the ball, feel the racket. And she just started getting a whole other connection to this. And when we started playing, the swings and things that she had to do, she slowly, slowly just moved on and she blossomed. I mean, now she's hitting the, I mean, she really hits the ball really nice to serve.
0: All right. So now I'm visually impaired. Um, Coach Trevino, say you were to teach me tennis. How would you teach me to play tennis as a visually impaired person? Just as somebody who's never played it before.
1: Well, the first thing we do is we um, put down on the court uh, uh, like a rope with tape over over the lines of the tennis court. And we have you walk that court so you have a feel a touch a sense your your toes know where you are on the court and we start teaching you the parts of the court we walk you across from from one side to the other so that you can feel the net so you know what the net looks like you know what the net feels like and you know the height
0: with that feel for the surroundings
1: exactly it's a new environment we also originally and 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 predominantly most of all of our classes have been in an in a gym solely designated for our blind and visually impaired class, so that the jingle bells of the of the the balls that we use are heard. We have blind and visually impaired together, but the visually impaired w- we're began to be more developed as because they had something to relate to, where the blind, depending on like Christina was born blind, so she had nothing to draw from previously. other blind children that we had and have had um had some vision and then lost their vision, so they had some background of of visual, so with that they began. To, they begin to have a feeling of the court. They know how to listen to the ball. We teach them to follow the ball. And also we use a smaller racket. Right now, uh, in tennis, there, there are gradient sizes of rackets and we use a racket that is smaller and lighter so that the individual can swing forehand, backhand and serve so that they can, they can use that. We also have a component, an original component. The first thing up that you do in a class is you do your flexibility and mobility. As, as, as Angie said, Christina didn't know how to run. Most of our players have never known how to run. They don't know how to skip. They had their physical, their physical development had not been enhanced at the level that their age was so we started with that and also we started helping them develop core strength you do your exercises we get you on the floor you do your sit-ups Christina's favorite not thing to do is a sit-up but she does it and she and and our visually impaired love it We have a young lady who started with us when she was probably a freshman in high school and has now graduated and working on her master's, who is visually impaired. And her statement I have always cherished was, you know, before I started tennis, I never thought about my muscles. I never thought about being strong. I just lived. And now she goes to yoga and gym and and uh, exercise and tennis and any kind of any kind of fitness thing she learned about nutrition so it becomes an it becomes an issue of not just teaching the sport but teaching the whole individual
0: just how to stay healthy amen yes sir exactly (laughs) so coach Trevino you consider your players to be family why
1: Oh, my goodness. Well, as I said, uh, I was blessed enough to have originated this this group in Laredo, Texas, which is on the south, south Texas on the border on the river across from Nuevo Laredo, about 250 miles south of San Antonio. And When when the suggestion was brought to me as an option, I thought, yeah, I don't think we're going to be able to do this. But in all honesty, I'm a person of faith, and I, to this day, believe that God has led this program and has used me as his tool. Uh, I immediately within the group that I was with found someone I said well where are we going to find the kids because of HIPAA you can't go to the schools and the hospitals and some and one of our members our Laredo Tennis Association member says oh I know someone who has tennis has uh, the Braille Club which is Angie and the other one and I said well where are we going to find the teachers and, 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 and people, conduits of people to bring in more, more, more people. And they said, well, uh, I have some friends that are special ed teachers, particularly focused on visually impaired and blind. So there we had those two factors. So the only other thing that was left was money. And I'm a great beggar. And a facility. (laughs) So I went straight to the city park and rec and tugged at their heartstrings. And from the very first encounter to Laredo, um, the city of Laredo park and rec department, we immediately had a yes. You can have a gym and you can have it all to yourself for an hour and a half free. So from that day on, Angie, help me. How old was Christina?
2: I want to say Christina was in junior high, so I was, was thinking she, like maybe
1: 14. it was like seventh grade. Yeah, right? it was.
2: Yeah, it was around yeah 13, 14, no more than fifteen years old.
1: Yeah, she she was she was young, and and we had even younger players than yes. that. We had players up to uh, as low as six year olds. That's right. So we, we and we now, some of those ones that started at a very young age are now in their 20s. So we've been with them. That's why they're my kids. That's why they're our family. And we care about their successes because this is a part of their
0: successes. This is definitely a part of their successes. You both must be glad that Christina is playing tennis then. Now, but we're in a pandemic here. The COVID-19 pandemic, and I, I I know, as you've mentioned her, techniques have really improved over time, but let's get to specifically the pandemic and playing tennis. So you're offering classes again, Coach Trevino, during the pandemic for the blind and visually impaired. Why do you think tennis is the safest sport to play right now?
1: The reason, uh, we are so adamant about this is that nationally it has been surveyed that tennis is the safest sport right now with the pandemic. Why? Because of the distance of players across the courts. That's a 78 foot court for the blind and, and, um, and, and children are, are a 36 foot court. The width is for children narrower and for adults wider. So you've got your distance. The only thing that's that's and you're outside. So the things that you have to be aware of are the little technical COVID. um, that need to be that need to be adhered to.
0: All right, so the, what safety guidelines the do they follow? Is,
1: is waiting for us.
2: I think the guidelines that Ms. Trevino uh, is we're following in the, the Tennis for the Blind is we're doing a lot of hand washing. Right now, I am her mother, so I live with her, so I'm allowed to be on the court with her next to her. And, in hand, and, and if the coach tells me how to move the racket in the sense for a forehand or a backhand, I, hand over hand, do it with Chris so that she can do it. The coaches tell me what to do with my daughter so that way there's not any direct communication or direct contact with her. That's one of the guidelines that we're following. We're constantly washing our hands and and a and, uh, 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 tennis racket is mine, Christina's, and it's always being cleaned also. I mean, we're going through strict, and we wear a mask. That is very, very... A mask. Even though we're outside, the mask is always on.
1: The distances from the coach are across the net, 95% of the time. And after Christina will hit the balls, we re-sanitize them and we put them back in and we redo that. Upon entry, temps are always taken. That's right. We sanitizing of the ball, sanitizing of the benches, sanitizing of the net, of the basket that the balls sit in. Everything is sanitized at least three times in an hour, if not more.
0: Sounds like it's very safe.
1: It is, it's 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 the safest thing you can possibly do.
2: It is. I feel safe, my daughter being there.
0: That's fantastic. And it's, it's good for her, I think, to, and others, to get she outside, loves, do a little bit of She loves she's
2: now back in it.
0: Yes. Yes, that's wonderful. I think it's good now that they're doing some um, physical activity to basically improve their health and well-being, especially mental well-being, after many of us have been cooped up in the house for so long now. Oh, yes. What, seven months? Almost. (laughs) Yeah, just about.
1: Brian, there there is a study that says that if an individual that is impaired or any individual, be it a, a, an elderly person or an adaptive person is, has one hour of physical activity in a sport a week, their cognitive level goes up, their socialization goes up, their mental stability goes up, their confidence goes up and their physical strength goes up. So one hour a week we're doing we're work we've been working with our adaptive now for six six plus years. And that is a proven fact that what we do is more than play tennis.
0: Amazing. Do you both think Christina may want to get into some actual um tennis leagues one day?
2: If she wants to, she I mean the doors open. If she wants to experience, I never hold her back. It's something that she wants to try. She has the ability. She wants to. She can go. I never hold her back because I I always want her to try those new things for her because she doesn't know if she likes it until she actually tries it.
0: Go for it. Coach Trevino, our listeners are national, and they're also worldwide. And they're all curious if you might know of other tennis opportunities for the blind and visually impaired in other locations.
1: I do. Thank you for asking that. It's a very important thing. We are one of the few uh, United States Tennis Association accredited uh, programs, but there are some other programs in the United States, which are not many, but there are some. One is in Atlanta one is in uh, philadelphia uh, pittsburgh and another and two more are in brooklyn and the queens in new york city so that's the united states group internationally there is an international blind tennis association with 1490 players these are competitive players and i've seen these competitive players play and they could probably beat some sighted people I know. Sweet.
2: They're amazing. They are truly, truly amazing.
0: It sounds like they're amazing indeed. Everybody, what advice would you offer future tennis players?
2: Auntie, If you've never played tennis and you are blind or visually impaired, go try it. Just go get an experience of it. Go, just go for fun. You might enjoy it, you never know until you try it. Don't have that that conception that because I'm blind, because I can't see, I can't do it. No, everything is available for you, you just have to go and look for it and if they're giving you the opportunity, why not take advantage of it?
0: As my former high school science teacher, Mr. Oftedal said, you can do it, you can do it.
1: Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And that's the, that's the one of the most important things that can be the end result of this, of this adventure in tennis for blind and visually impaired is their confidence and, and the, the, their, their self-value is just increased so much. It is my belief that tennis is a sport for all people of all ages and all abilities. Adaptive can be done by modifications for the need of each individual, but that's done for even able-bodied people. Blind and visually impaired must be willing to take the chance, just as Angie said, try it. And the opportunity will become that they need, you need to believe in yourself. And for the coaches, Be prepared for the best time ever in teaching and watching each player develop and become a real athlete. One of our our very first players said something that I will always cherish. And he said, Miss T, you know what? I never thought I would be an athlete. I never (laughs) thought I would be on a team. And I am playing tennis and I'm on a team.
0: I can do anything. You can do anything you set your mind to. Is Amen. there anything else you all would like to add?
1: I would just say to each and every person who knows someone or has someone in their family to reach out. Ask questions. As I said, why doesn't California have... A blind program, a visually impaired program. We need to find that out. We need to help them. And they, they had the opportunity. Those coaches, that's a wonderful place to to go, to to play tennis. You've got the weather.
0: Yep, yeah, you've got beautiful weather in Texas. We also have beautiful weather in California to play tennis too. Give it a that's try. A well, everybody, let's hope our listeners will get out their rackets hit those balls, and become great tennis players. Thanks so much for joining us today.
2: Thank you so very much for inviting.
0: Our pleasure. Hey, my pleasure having you both here too. Before we go, listeners, I welcome your comments on this program. Just visit and like me on Facebook at Speaking Out for the Blind or follow me on Twitter at Speak Out Blind or Speak Out for the Blind. You can also check out my website, that's speakingoutfortheblind.weebly.com. More information on today's show is posted there. Just look under the list of episodes and show news tab. My new email address is speakout at acbradio.org. And my show archive is at acbradio.org slash speaking out dash for blind. Please note that there is a link located at the top half of the page. And below the heading that says Home Speaking Out for the Blind, where you can subscribe to the podcast feed and listen to Speaking Out for the Blind shows, ranging from episode 94 to the present. You may also access the podcast feed at speaking-out-for-a-blind.pinecast.co. That's all for this edition of Speaking Out for the Blind. Thanks for listening, and remember to speak out. Here at ACB Radio Mainstream, we are always working to improve the quality of our programming you have any feedback about anything you have heard here on acb radio mainstream please let us know by sending an email to support at acbradio.org that's support at acbradio.org you are listening to acb radio mainstream connecting the blind community
2: in Action where the heart and soul of ACB shines. They're working on the front lines and behind the scenes at all levels of leadership throughout our organization. Here's our opportunity to sit at the virtual table and learn about these movers and shakers among us. I'm Cindy and I invite you to join me on Tuesdays at 9 p.m. for ACB in Action.
0: Hi, this is Daryl Lukes. I'm inviting you to join me for the Classical Show every Wednesday starting at 5 p.m. Eastern Time on ACB Radio Café with an interactive experience. Each week I'll be playing some great classical music for you. Everything from solo chamber works to large-scale symphonies. Composers from Bach, Beethoven, and Brahms all the way through Stravinsky, Vaughn Williams, and Copeland. It's all on The Classical Show every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern. I hope you'll join me on ACB Radio Cafe with an interactive experience.
2: This is Cindy Van Winkle, Membership Services Coordinator. If you are not already a part of the ACB family, you can join us by going to acb.org or call us at 612-332-3242 and we'll help you join our community. This is ACB Radio,
0: Connecting the Blind Community, Connecting the Blind Community.